Was the father mad at Adam and Eve? No. He came to them at the exact same time, right? Said, Adam, where are you? And what did Adam say? I'm hiding because I'm naked. And what was the father's response? I'm going to have to punish you, Adam. Who told you that? The only thing Jesus ever judged, I'm going to say something that's probably going to shock a lot of you, but I I can't find it in Scripture. First, we have to define what sin is. If you go look it up, it's hamartia. Um, It literally means to be cut off apart, where we're no longer in the family of God. Did God cut us off? No, man withdrew from God because he was fearful that God would judge him. God's never changed, and he can't, as I'll show you, is if he's love and he keeps no record of wrong, then how could he keep a record of wrong of Adam and Eve from eating that apple? The only thing he ever judged was the serpent because the serpent got man into works. He got them to believe something that wasn't true about the father. The father loved Adam and Eve as if nothing happened. Now, we can read that scripture again, so we have to go. Then we, in English, Barbara and I look at this all the time. I go, in English, if you read this, it looks like he drove man out because he's ticked. Isn't that what you kind of believe? Right? But then we see it, and he goes, no, no, no. If they eat from this tree of life now, I don't want them to live eternally condemned. I want them to be judged in their heart because it's, it's not how I designed you. I designed you to live in unconditional love in a family. And anything other than that is going to kill you. You're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to enjoy everything I have. Right? So he, he puts them out. But what does it say? He preserved the way to the tree of life by the cherubim. And the flaming sword. And we saw that the cherubim was a picture of what? Jesus, the atonement, the, the propitiation, the, the mercy seat, right? The blood was shed between the mercy seat and the Shekinah glory, the, the fire of God, was right there. Then we see at the law the same thing. He said, when he gives the, 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 the law to Moses and Aaron, he says, here's how I'm going to meet with you. You got to go through the east end of the temple, and I'm going to meet you Where? Between the cherubim and the holiest of holies, and was the flaming sword, the Shekinah glory above the cherubim. Here's where I'm going to meet with you. I'm going to, I'm going to join man and, and uh, father again. Here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to shed blood in this mercy seat, and now you can all meet with me. You guys get it? Now, once the, once the blood was shed, and at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit falls, and what happens? They heard them all in their own language, doing what? Speaking the wonderful works of Jesus. Hey, here's what Jesus did for you, and what did they see above their head? The Shekinah glory. So he goes, hey, the Shekinah glory changed from the temple to now you're the temple. Now I meet with man again. You guys get it? Now we're still running around trying to get fire to come off our head. I see the charismatics, and I'm like, you're missing the whole point of this thing. <laughs> Whether fire comes out of your head or you get a gold tooth or a feather comes out, it means nothing. Follow me? It doesn't really matter. It's like, you understand what he's talking about. As I've met with man again. This, you're the temple of God. This is how I meet. There's no separation between man and the Shekinah glory and man ever again. You guys get it? Okay, so if you've never seen fire off somebody's head, neither have I. But it's okay, because I know what it means, so that gives me life. Does that help you guys? Okay. So when the father, no, he wasn't. He never, he wanted man to know his love never changed. Now, I'm trying to get this. And I heard Bertie Britz share this analogy, which I just thought was awesome. I like to use Ramiko as this example. How many kids you got? Six. Six. Boys. Boys. Happy Mother's Day, Sulin. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's amazing. Okay, now think about this. This is how we look at the father. So let's say, let's say one of their boys is kidnapped. Okay? He's a, he's, 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 he's a prisoner now of somebody else, right? All you men and women, what does that immediately do to our heart? Oh, holy hell is going to come. The wrath of the father is going to come. Does that make sense? Now, does it make sense that Okay, he's, he's now captured by something, so now I'm going to beat up one of my other boys to satisfy my anger. But that's how we look at Jesus. And I taught that because that's what I was taught by the mega preachers. And I go, I totally disagree with that now. It doesn't even make sense to me. Because if I look at Jesus, who did he cast judgment on? The sons of the devil. If you, and that was the high priest. He goes, the religious system, he goes, you whitewash tombs. Why do you put these heavy yokes on people? You yourselves can't do it. Why are you doing that? Follow me? And he's going, take on my yoke. It's easy. Whose yoke? Jesus's. So he goes, just step into me. Now, but we think that, and I actually taught this, and I'm radically changing my views when I just started using my own common sense versus uh, if this doesn't make sense to you, go back and into works. It's fine. I just can't. It's, I can't. I'm like, I just can't do it because I can, it's, I can spot mixture so far away now. It's just like, oh, it, it kills me, to be honest with you. I just can't even hear it. So it really matters what you hear. It matters a lot to what you hear. So the, what, the, what the enemy really wants to get you to do, the serpent, that teaching, here's what he wants you to do. He wants you to, if something's not working, he wants you to go, what am I not doing? He gets you right back into works. Follow me? And that's the last thing, because when Jesus was out in the desert, the serpent came to him just like he came to the first Adam, and he said, what? If you're truly the son, do something. Now, we could do that a lot of ways. If you're truly in the kingdom, then go heal somebody. That'll put you right back into works. Share the gospel, you pray, and let him do his thing. I'm persuaded that I don't have to do anything. And I don't get into works, I go, because I just know, I know when somebody hears the gospel, it touches every part of them. It's, now, do we believe in supernatural miracles? All the time, we, we have them all the time. We, I get these testimonies, they go, you prayed for me three years ago. I go, really? I don't even remember that, because I just prayed. I didn't go, I fasted and prayed, and shum, I didn't do any of that. I just prayed. I go, Lord, this is who we are. We, we're, we're representatives of the kingdom. We are the temple today. Your Shekinah glory lives in us. And we just lay hands and do our thing, and, and if it doesn't work, I'm not condemned by it. I'm really not. Does that really help you? So he goes out into the desert, and the serpent goes, hey, if you're really the sons of God, eat from these stones. Turn these stones into food. And what did Jesus say? Hey, I don't eat. It's not about physical food to me. What is it? My bread is every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. And what did, what did the Father just tell Jesus? You are my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. So what does he say about every one of you? You are his beloved son in whom he's well pleased because what's true about Jesus is true about you. Now, we can get into works in a hurry right there, right? Hey, let's go perform. Let's go do this. You help me? Does that make sense to you guys? So those signs follow you, Blue. They don't need, you don't need to go produce them. They just simply follow you. And it's really a manifestation of one day we're all going to have our glorified bodies. We can bring heaven down to earth. And this is just a picture of what it's going to look like for all of us. We have new tongues, we have healings, we have, we have gifts of knowledge, etc. But when the perfect comes, what's the perfect come? When we have our glorified body and we're back in Jesus, we're going to see him fully and that'll just be normal. That'll be normal life for us. All of that lives that way. 
But right now, there's manifestations of the kingdom right now because we're the temple. Does that that help you guys? But don't get yourself into works. It's okay. (laughs) All right. So, uh, so does it make sense when Adam and Eve sinned? I got to go find somebody else to go beat up. I'm going to send Jesus and beat Jesus up. And this is what I disagreed with now, what I used to teach. All the sin, all the judgment, all of God's wrath fell on Jesus. No way. No way. That's, the works of the flesh are obvious. Anger, strife, murder. God couldn't have done it. He couldn't have murdered his son. He didn't do it. He he wasn't angry. He didn't have to put his anger out. You know what he was warning everybody? Wasn't Jesus warning everybody at Jerusalem? Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I wanted to gather you like a hand gathers your chicks, but you wouldn't listen. You're believing the wrong thing. There's a judgment coming. It's going to kill you because you're, you're, you're mixing law and grace, and it's going to kill you. But if you get into me, you'll live. It's all a type and shadow of really how we find life. Does that make sense to you guys? And he goes, I've given you over because you won't listen to me. Your heart is continually evil. You're going to die in your own sin. There's going to be a judgment. There's going to be a flood. Follow me? Now, is there, a flood, is there any wrath left for you guys? None, zero, no wrath. Because in love, there's no wrath. That's what it says. It's pretty simple to me. Well, there's no judgment for me. Romans 8.1 says the same thing. There is no judgment in Christ Jesus. So there's, in fact, well, there is a judgment. I should say this. You know what your judgment is? Innocent and righteous, worthy to receive honor, glory, power. That's your judgment because you're in him. I judge man. So he never got upset about Jesus. The anger that, were, that, they, the, that man felt in their heart that they needed to perform to be pleasing to God killed Jesus. God's wrath is, I'm going to go save. It's, now think of Rumiko again. He's not mad as his other son because one of his sons got kidnapped. I'm going to go beat up. Isaiah gets kidnapped, so I'm going to go beat up Samuel to satisfy my wrath. Who's he going to beat up? The guy who kidnapped him. So who's Jesus going to beat up? The wrong teaching that got man into the situation he's in. He's going to judge the serpent. And the serpent said, it's not good enough just to be a son, go work. That judgment, Jesus freely died, as that's what it said. I died to prove to you that I've dealt with sin. I took your death. It says, don't you know that if, you've been, that if you're baptized into Jesus, his death was whose death? Your death. So the end of sin is what? Death. So he goes, you know what? By one man, every sin came on everybody. By one man, that's perfectly obedient. You're perfect forever. So he goes, you know what? I'm going to become a man, and I'm going to die. Now, if you, if you understand the gospel, whose death was that? All of our deaths. So what's left? Nothing but life. We're going to have a glorified body in life. Isn't that good news? Yeah, but what if I sinned? No, it's gone. It's over. You cannot sin. It's gone right? He died for our iniquities. He rose again to prove that what? We're justified. So man died, but did God's love ever change? No, I'm going to go get this law teaching and kill it because that's what killed man. I buy, I'm going to become the, the, the curse. I'm going to die on the cross willingly, and I'm going to show you that I died, but, but the Father's perfect love for me, that same spirit that raises Jesus from the dead will also quicken our body. After three days, because sin's been completely dealt with, I rose again. That's the gospel. Now you can know that you've, all, you, all that's left for you is life. Does that help? And that will never change because God says, I don't ever change. 
I'm love and I'm life and I don't ever change. So God's wrath wasn't poured out on Jesus. God's wrath was put out on the wrong teaching that got man into the slavery. I'm going to judge the wrong teaching. Hey, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you whitewashed tombs. All of you are sons of the devil because the devil got man to believe the wrong thing of who I am. I've always loved man. I've never changed. I've never been upset about sin. That will get you thrown out of church. God's never had an issue with your behavior. He had an issue of what caused it. The minute man said, God, you know what? I'm not good enough in on my own. That's why Galatians says, the works of the flesh, I must need to go do something to produce. The works of the flesh produces everything we don't like. Anger, strife, murder, lack of self-control, everything. And I just think we see the wrong teaching over and over and over. He's, he's not worried about your behavior. He knows the gospel will change your behavior. Right? That's why, man, we got to get our youth too to... Now, we talk about that all the time is the youth have to know they're perfectly loved by the Father. That, that, that they have the Holy Spirit, that message that you're perfectly holy and righteous even when you mess up, he still loves you perfectly as if it never happened. That produces self-control. The opposite, don't touch that, don't do that, produces what? It stirs up the flesh. If you want a revival of that, go teach, don't do it. How do I know? She knows. I've told you enough of those stories. Like the stewardess, like, you can't get off this plane. No, 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 no. I'm going to drag you with me if I have to. I didn't, wasn't smart enough to do a cell phone selfie. I probably would have got $10,000 out of it. But anyway. Uh, no, it stirred something up in me. You know, like, I live here. I spent $75,000 on plane tickets. You're going to tell me I can't get off the plane? Sweetie, I'm getting off the plane. Whether you stay or not, I'm getting off the plane. She can follow me. And guess what? It stirred it up. So she told me, if she would have said, sir... Can you just sit here right now? The minute she said, you cannot do that, you don't know who you're talking to. (laughs) Was that right? No, it wasn't right, but it stirred up my flesh. Does that that make sense? So I'm not going, that's perfect behavior. She knows. I'm a customer service guy. If I'm paying for something, they didn't give it to me, am I going to get it? Man, I'm getting it. It drives her nuts, but I'm not saying it's right. You too? So she just leaves. She's like, oh no, here we go. When I come back, I go, yeah, but did I get it? <laughs> it's not right. I'm not telling you, but it's just, it stirs it up when, I, when somebody goes, no, we don't do it. I, I almost invited you. I bought the fight at the last minute last night. And I did it wrong. So it's $59, right? So I call, they're like, so I call DirecTV. Hey, I blew it. I screwed this thing up. I, I, clicked, I, I bought it from my remote versus calling you or online. Oh, then you can only watch it on that one TV. You're going to have to rebuy it. So wait a minute. What's it doing? It's stirring up my flesh. Does that make sense? So I'm like, wait a minute. How long have I been with you? She goes, look, um, since 2009, sir. How much money have I spent with you? This is, I'm the same account. I'm the same house. All I want to do is watch it on two TVs in my house. No, you're going to have to pay $59 again. I said, no, 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 I'm not. I promise you I'm not. <laughs> You've got, you're confused, right? You're putting the yoke of the old covenant on me. No, I'm, I'm, I'm in the new covenant. I don't pay for it twice. Does that make sense? It's been paid one time, not twice. So, so she leaves. She's like, here we go. But if you ever want stuff, Laura, right? If you ever want to travel with me, I'm telling you, we're getting first class and we're getting front in line. And it's, if you come travel with me, we'll get it. If I'm paying for it, they're going to serve me. Follow me? Anyway. 
And hey, I, I love people when they serve, when I'm like, if I'm paying for it, man, just serve me. I, I will treat you like royalty. The minute they go, uh, so then I get the tech guy. No, we can't refund you your 59 bucks. Just stop. What? I go, I own several companies. <laughs> Don't tell me you can't refund something. You can do it all day. So finally, you got to get to the manager to get to the manager to the manager. Oh yeah, of course we can refund you. I, I knew that. I just had to, anyway, you get what I'm saying. The minute they tell you, don't do this or stop doing that, what does it do? I'm I'm a great example. (laughs) But we will get what we paid for. (laughs) So all I want you guys is I want you guys to get what Jesus paid for. He paid it all. You don't need to do it. All right? So let's let's, let's get into this. 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another. Why? For love is of God. It comes from God. So unless you, unless you get the love from the Father first, how, how well can you love? For about a second, until your flesh is stirred up. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now we saw that in the stories of Noah. As many as had believed Jesus, to them he gave power to become sons of God. But if you're mixing law and grace, you are a son of who? The devil. Oh, go read in Timothy. Says, hey, there's going to be things coming where they say, don't eat, don't marry, did such a. He goes, those are doctrines of what? The devil. That's food for thought. When they tell you, hey, priest, you can't get married. What is that, a doctor of him? Jesus goes, this persuasion was not of me. That was man's teaching. He got you to do something that I never designed you to do. I designed you to just operate in perfect love. Amen? All right, so everyone who loves is born of God and knows God, and he who does not. No God, for God is what? God is love. Does love kill? No. We're going to read that. In this is the love of God was manifest toward us. So now he explains what love is. That God sent his only begotten son into the world. Doesn't this sound like John 3.16? God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believed in him shall not die, perish, perish. But what? You're going to get your glorified body and live forever in perfection. The good news, I've conquered sin and death. You're free. That's the message. It's never taught in Christianity, but that's the message. That's the gospel. All right. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us. It was given to us that God sent his only begotten son to the world that we might, what? Receive life. He goes, if the son has set you free from the law of sin and death, then how free are you? It's where we got our name. You're free. No, but you got to do this. Get to the Bible school. Do this. Do this. No, you're just killing people again. In this is love. Okay, here's now he describes it again. So he first tells us, hey, love is this. God so loved the world that he died for us because we were a slave of sin and death. We were, we were taken hostage. We were kidnapped by the wrong teaching. It was our own heart that did it. We started to believe the wrong thing. God never changed. He goes, I'm going to go judge that lost system and the wrong teaching to prove to you that he's never had an issue with sin. In fact, it's completely forgiven. He keeps no record of wrong. He never judged man. He judged the wrong teaching of man that got them into captivity. And you go look at that. Anytime you see it. So we, we, just, we talked about Ananias and Sapphira briefly. Now, I, I remember hearing that if you lie to the Holy Spirit, Ananias and Sapphira, you might die. And I'm thinking, that's not good news. 
How's that good news? How many guys have ever had that thought? Like, did I tell the truth? Did I tell the nothing but the truth, the whole truth? Well, if I don't, if I don't, I may die here like Ananias and Sapphira. That'd be terrible, huh? I'm sitting up there teaching. They go, oh, he lied to the Holy Spirit. Now, I would just tell you, if that's what that really means, you're all guilty. So Ananias is God's grace. Sapphira is the law, right? When you mix those, Ananias and Sapphira, what happened? There was death, right? Now, but we see Saul persecuting the church, and who goes to Saul? God's grace, Ananias, no Sapphira. So when they see nothing but God's grace, what happened? The veil was removed, and he received new life. It's always mixture that kills people. It's never anything else. It's not your sin. It never has been. It was our heart believed that we were separated from God, and he's judging us, which produces fear. And he goes, that was never my message. Who taught you that? Does that help you guys? We are designed to live in unconditional love. End of story. You go read Carolyn Leaf stuff. In fact, let me just read this to you. I just picked up this book again as I was flying. I go, God, this is such good stuff. Because the kingdom is all about the heart. And we're trying to make it about a bunch of external things yet. Like yelling Jesus at the end of things. And and this is just science, which I love. It says, listen, um, I'm just going to read a couple things here. It says, positive emotions such as happiness, appreciation, compare, compassion, care, and love not only change patterns of activity in our nervous system, they also reduce the production of the stress hormone cortisol. Since the same precursor hormone is used in the manufacture of both cortisol and the anti-aging hormone DHEA, when cortisol is reduced, DHEA production increases, okay? This powerful hormone is known to have protective and regenerative effects on many of the body systems, and it counters the effects of aging, So, the minute man started believing the wrong thing, what happened? He started to die. And that's what God warned him about. Listen, if you don't live in unconditional love perfectly, you're going to start dying. And you're going to be fearful of death. Aren't most people fearful of death, really? Right? In fact, I I was thinking about this when we were driving in, and I saw that, like, the remains of that dead deer. There's something in us that we hate death. And I just remember, like, oh, that's nasty, man. There's something in us that's just like, that's just, we don't like death. We weren't designed for it. Truly? All right. Experiencing care and compassion has been shown to boost levels of IGA, et cetera. This is, what, this is so interesting to me. Numerous of studies have revealed that feeling loved and cared for actually plays a greater role in increasing our health and longevity than physical things, which is don't eat, don't touch, right? Don't you know? Don't you know that, that sugar will kill you? No, I don't know that. Who taught you that? That's my message. Who taught you that? The church is so entrenched in that. So studies have revealed that feeling loved and cared for plays a greater role in our health and longevity than physical factors such as age, blood pressure, cholesterol, and smoking camel straights. It doesn't say that. It says smoking. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, you do what you want with that. I just know it produces life. It's our heart. Jesus says everything's about the heart. Hey, what shall we liken the kingdom to? Your heart's like soil. If you plant good things there, it'll effortlessly produce. That's why you want to be a Proverbs 31 woman. Stop trying to do it. And just go, Lord, you love me perfectly. Whether I sleep in, you know what? The heck with that. I'm going to sleep in and get room service today. No, 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 sweetie. Proverbs 31 woman, you got to bring home the bacon. Fry it up with a pan. Right? And what did it produce? A bunch of angry women. Didn't it? They're all wearing those goofy pussy hats on their head now. 
That's weird to me. It's weird. It's like, do, do any of them look like they're full of joy? <laughs> it's comical to me. I like to touch it. Like, just tweak them a little bit. You know, it's like, just all their love, joy, and peace just spins out of control in like two seconds. I don't know. It's just the ornery part of me. I like to see what's in there, right? Yeah, so anyway, all right, in this is love, not, that, not how much we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. You know what propitiation of our sins is? It, that word propitiation literally means mercy seat. He goes, listen, uh, you, Adam and Eve ate from the wrong tree, but I'm going to preserve a way. Here's how you're going to get back into the tree of life. It's going to be two cherubim and a flaming sword above it. That's where I'm going to meet with you. That literally is the mercy seat. So how, how did he bring us back and remove sin? Jesus, the mercy seat. He goes, I've, set, I've gotten rid of sin. I was the propitiation for your sin. You see this over and over and over? Okay, so let me, let me hurry up here because I'm going a little behind. All right, we've, 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Here's the, here's the logical part again. Love is patient. Love is kind. But faith is now. <laughs> You're laughing because there's truth in it, right? If you, and faith is always now. Man, I've seen so many angry charismatics in my life that I'm like, I'm just done with it. It's just like, can you just, can you tell the sinner that God loves him perfectly and let the Holy Spirit do his thing? Pray for him if he needs prayer. Heal him if he needs healed. Don't yell and send flood of judgment out of your mouth. All right? So, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It what? Keeps no record of wrong. So did, did, did God keep record of Adam and Eve's wrong? Never has, never will. He was never, he was never angry at their behavior. He was angry at the serpent for getting man to believe anything other than he loves us perfectly. And he likens, it says, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen what? The Father and Jesus. And he said, it's a mystery. It's like being married. So Jesus is the, the, the bride, and who are we? The bridegroom. So, if he's perfectly love, would he ever keep record of our wrong? No, and he couldn't have, because he's love. Follow me? The only thing he was going to do is go rescue his kids, is what it says. He's, gonna, he's not going to go beat up Jesus for it. He's going to give Jesus, because he loves us so much, to, to provide our death for us, because he loves us so much. And the fact that he rose again is proven that there's no more sin. Now, step into that truth. Now, you're still trying to get there. That's, that's the problem I have with most prophetic and all this kind of stuff. I love a lot of these guys. They're some of my best friends. But if I'm one-on-one with them, I go, would you just stop? Everything's converging, and the Spirit is this, and God's moving in this thing. And I'm, like, I'm not going to name names. I'm like, I've listened to you say that for 20 years. It converged 2,000 years ago. Now the Spirit will move in your life. Once you step into the truth that you're perfect in Christ, He loves you perfectly, that Spirit will animate. It'll start bringing all the gifts does that make sense to you guys? We're starting to produce our gifts, and then we get angry. Mm. <laughs> All right. So one Corinthians, I want to read it out of the message, too. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others. It's always me first, doesn't fly off the handle. Doesn't what? Keep score of the sins of others. So he is perfect love. We just read that. Here in his love that he forgave us. That's his love. Well, you can't say that. You're giving a license to sin. No, I'm supposed to say that. That's the gospel. Follow me? So he doesn't keep score of sins of others. So you know how many scores of sins he keeps of you? None. That's what we read in Hebrews. It says, if you understood this gospel, you'd have no more consciousness of it. 
Hallelujah. So in sin, literally doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you, you did something behavior. Believing the wrong thing produces that behavior. Does that make sense to you guys? Adam and Eve believed that God didn't love them and he was, and he was judgmental. And then what happened? They started to die. And he goes, man, I can't leave man in this condition. I'm going to preserve a way to back the tree of life. I'm going to die for them. Here's how I'm going to show my love. I'm going to meet them again between the mercy, between the cherubim. And now the temple of God's going to come on them. My glory is going to be in man. You guys get it? Okay. All right. So he keeps no record of sin, never would. All right, let's keep going here. I'm just going to give, I could give you a million examples. I don't know why I picked this one. Um, you guys have all, if, you, if you're charismatic, word of faith like I have, we've all heard about Cornelius and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, haven't we? Let's actually talk about what's going on here. How about that? Wouldn't that be fun? Let's, let's actually see what it means. So, Cornelius. Was Cornelius a Jew or a Gentile? A Gentile. Now I'm going to show you something really cool in here. Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon. Who's Simon? Peter. What's Peter's full name? See it? Simon Bar Jonah. Did Jonah go to the Jew or the Gentile? Ah, give me a little clue here. He went to the Gentile, didn't he? Does Peter want to go to the Gentile right here? No. How many of you guys have seen Veggie Tales? It's perfect. You get the whole story, Peter. <laughs> they slap the, the fish god, slaps you. I just, it's, it's classic. I love it. So I love those. Those are, those are like adult content in that. Where was, where was Jonah when he got the message to go to the Gentile? What city? Joppa. Let's see where Peter was when he got the message to go to the Gentile. All right? Cornelius, your prayer has been heard. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon. Oh, if, we, if we went before that, Peter gets this vision that all things are clean, right? So guys, you can go to Red Lobster. It's wonderful. That's what it said. Don't make anything I've created call it unclean. Eat everything. No, you can't eat that, don't you know? No, I don't. So, what was Peter's response? No way, God. I've never had anything unclean in me. I don't go eat with those Gentiles. Isn't that the story of Jonah? I don't want to go over there. I'm going to go over here. He goes, no, that's okay, but I'm going to make you go. All right? You guys getting this? What's going on? Okay. So, because the Jew thought it was only to the who? The Gentile. They didn't know it was, even the, the apostles, the disciples, didn't, had no clue it was supposed to go to the Gentile yet. They thought it was only to the Jew. Okay? So here's why this is all happening. So, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard. Your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send, therefore, to Joppa. Call Simon. So where's Simon? In Joppa. Where was Jonah? In Joppa. And Simon's name is Simon Peter Bar Jonah. He's the son of Jonah. In Joppa. And now G Peter's going to be told to go to who? The Gentile. This is a fulfillment of that story. You guys get it? And we've converted it into, no, they need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and water. He's lodging in the house of Simon a Tanner by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. What, what is he saying here? He's no respecter of persons, Jew or Gentile. It says that in Romans 2. I don't care who calls on the name of the Lord, they're going to be saved. Not just the Jew. So he goes, God shows no partiality, but in every nation, every nation, because who did the Jew think it was? 
just them, but he's going to send Peter, son of Barjona, to the Gentiles. And they too are going to receive the Holy Spirit. So he's sending Peter with the message of Jesus died for three days, and, and now the sin's gone for the whole world, and he told him in Joppa, now go to the Gentile. Does this make sense to you? Okay, so Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no, part- no partiality, but in every nation who fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Now, see, we can read this English and go, i got to go work righteousness. What is the work in the new covenant? To believe in him who was sent. The work is belief. We need to labor to believe. Right? Now, that doesn't mean read your Bible more. It means it's this struggle where we have the lust of the flesh, meaning, mm, I want to go perform. I want to tell people to read their Bible more. That's the lust of the flesh. I know it's confusing because, hey, I was right in there with it. I go, man, that's the worst thing to tell them. The worst thing to tell them, the best thing is to go, you're perfectly loved whether you ever go or not. Because you know what they're going to do? Now they're going to go. They're going to read it. Hey, relax. They'll put it away for three months. After about two weeks, they go, man, I feel kind of good again. I can go read this thing and know that I'm reading it through the lens of Jesus. And if, I, if I start getting this, put it down. Because you're, you're feeding on the wrong tree then. So, but in every nation who fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. How do we work righteousness? Believe in the one who is sent. That's our work. Okay, but we can look at it as works, don't we? All right. The word which, is God, the word which God sent to the children of Israel. What was the word that God sent to the children of Israel? Jesus. Right? To the Jew first. I'm going there first. I'm sending Jesus first. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching what? Shalom. When Jesus was born, what did it say? Shalom on earth. Goodwill. Come serve me with your belief. No, what did he say? Goodwill to you. I'm going to give everything to you, not produce it for me. See, I've heard all this nonsense. Faith is the currency of heaven. That sucks. Because now I don't know how to have enough. No, that's the wrong teaching. He moves with or without you. He's constantly trying to persuade your heart. He loves you perfectly. That's, that faith means I receive everything simply because I'm a son. I don't have to produce anything. Does that make sense to you guys? Man, I've heard the best of the best. Faith is the currency of heaven. Well, geez, then I don't have enough. Immediate, what, what happens? Who, who do you start looking at? can't. Keep your eyes on him. He's my everything. Hallelujah. Does Jesus have enough faith? Yeah, thank you, Father. I can go to sleep because he never sleeps nor slumbers. I can just enter in to him because he's my message about my life. Does that help you guys? Okay. The Jesus, the message sent to the children of Israel, preaching shalom through Jesus. He's Lord of all. All right, let's continue. Verse 37. The word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea, this message that you know. What, it, what message was it? He's the Messiah. He came and saved everybody. This guy died, but three days later, he rose again. That means there's no sin. All right? Throughout all Judea, began from Galilee after the baptism with John, preached how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. He doesn't put, Jesus never puts a requirement on people. Anybody that went straight to Jesus goes, I got nothing to offer. What did Jesus do? He put no requirement of faith. He put no requirement of balance. He didn't put any requirement of stop sinning. He didn't make him say the sinner's prayer. What did he make him do? If you believe me, you have eternal life. 
If you believe I'm the one who was sent to save you, you have it. As many as believed him, to them he gave power to give eternal life. Man, he's my Messiah. He, he saved me. He's, 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 he's the perfect man that all the world is going to be judged by. Now, I still have to accept that truth. That's what accepting Jesus is. Me saying something, quoting, doesn't miraculously save me. I have to believe something. I go, man, I'm saved because I'm sinless now. Hallelujah. So watch this. When does the Holy Spirit fall? All right? So God, Simon, bar Jonah, the son of Jonah, is gone to teach the message of what? Jesus was in the belly of the earth for three days. But after three days, what happened? He rose again. Hey, go to the Gentile. No way, Lord. They're dirty. Tough luck. I've sent you to the Gentile. You're going to teach them about Jonah. Does that make sense to you guys? Okay. So, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth through the Holy Spirit with power and went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with them. To him, all the prophets witnessed that through his name. What's his name? Jesus. So if you say that name. So those are interesting thought pieces to me. You know, Jesus never uttered the word Jesus. He didn't. What did Jesus utter? Yeshua. So if we want to get technical, then we should have everybody get up here and speak Hebrew. Because none of you have accepted Jesus yet then. And that's where it just falls down to me so fast. You know, like, you got to say this, and somehow miraculously seals you. I just don't believe it. I believe if I believe what Jesus did, I'm surnamed him now. I'm back in the family. And that's why in Romans 8 it says this. Uh, I don't know if it's Romans 8, but where it says, maybe it's Romans 10, where it says, all who call on his name. If you go just isolate that call on his name, it, it literally means I'm willing to be surnamed Jesus. I'm willing to have the family of God in my life again now. I believe I'm the son of God. That's what accepting Jesus means. That I'm sinless as if it never happened and I'm back in the family. I'm surnamed Jesus. Does that make sense? Does that help anybody? Because I've seen lots of people. I can just, I can just share this example. We, we were with some friends and I was like, here's the message. I'm not, gonna, I, I'm not gonna call out the sin here, but it was, I didn't even know these people what, what they were dealing with. And I said, because we were talking about this very thing. Like, what does it mean to accept Christ? I go, no, you need, you can't, you need to do more than just, just believe in Jesus. You need to say it. Say what? You accept him as Lord and Savior. What does that mean? What does it mean? I go, I believe that 100%, but not how you say it. I believe, what do you accept about Jesus? That he saved me. He so loved me that he sent his son to be the propitiation. There's no more sin. Now I come into a family with no consciousness of sin. I'm perfectly loved. Now, if that's what you mean, I'm all for it. That you're born again out of a different spirit. That will start to produce life in you. So we were, we were just talking. I go, what do you tell this group of sinners? I see, they go, what do you tell them? I go, I tell them that uh, they're forgiven and they're going to heaven. And all of a sudden, was there an immediate response? She comes walking over to you, just kind of weepy, going, man, I just felt like I'm okay with God. And the friends that she was with goes, you can't come to my church because you're that group of sinner. She got born again from the, the love of God. Does that, does that make sense to you guys? It produced life. Now faith goes, just believe that you're saved. But Lord, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I, this guy, I know for me, I'm going, that was it? Yeah, by faith, just believe you're saved. Oh, I don't feel saved. That means you're saved. 
Oh, I thought it would be better than this. How many of you guys thought it would be better when you said that deal? Now, I can tell you, when I finally heard the gospel, I was jumping for joy. I was like, thank you, Lord, the sinners rejoice. They're forgiven. Amen? All right. So, to him, all the prophets witnessed that through his name. So, what is he saying? Through all the prophets. What were the prophets written right now? These weren't the guys on TBN prophesying the end of the world and Obama and Trump. And these weren't these guys. What were they prophesying? The Old Testament prophets witnessed that this Jesus guy is going to come and he's going to bring us new life. And he's going to remove sin. And he's going to establish his kingdom that never ends. Has he established his kingdom that never ends? Yes, it's continuing to grow forever. All right? So whoever believes in him will what? If you believe in Jesus, this is accepting Jesus to me. If you believe in him, what will happen? You believe there's remission of sin. Hallelujah. No, but you got to read your Bible more. No, that's not what it says. It says, if I believe in Jesus, I receive the remission of sin. That's going to produce life in me. While Peter was still speaking these words, then when did the Holy Spirit fall? When they received the gospel. When they received that they were completely forgiven, that they believed they were holy because of the work of one man, then what? Now the Holy Spirit has a place. The minute they heard the message of Jesus, that they're forgiven, and that I'm sinless, ah, the Holy Spirit fell. Onto all flesh, Gentile and Jew. That's the whole story of Peter Barjona. What was his message? It's not just for the Jew, it's for the Gentile too. As soon as the message that you're completely forgiven, he loves you perfectly, he's never changed, now you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit because I'm set apart and holy in God's eyes. Does that help you? Okay, all right, let's finish this up. Get to your feet. I went a little long, so I, I, I promise. It's gonna be a world record. I'm only gonna do this like two minutes. Chris Obedek, time me. <laughs> go, go. All right. Was the father ever mad at you? No. Was he ever mad at Adam and Eve? What's his message to you? I've never been mad at you. I was never mad at your behavior. I was mad at the serpent for getting you to believe that I was mad at you. That's the only thing I'll ever judge, that teaching. Follow me? So, he never changes the way he treats you based on your behavior. Now, this, this is the message for the church, guys. I need God to bless me. How many of you have ever heard, thought that? Something's not happening in your life, whether it's business, finances. I need God to bless me. But you read Ephesians, it says, he's blessed you with every spiritual blessing. You've already been blessed. All blessing means he's kneeled his, he kneeled his knee and he spoke good things over you. You know what he said over you? You're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You're without sin and spotless. You're in the family. You need anything? I'm your father. Just call me dad. That's it. Isn't that beautiful? Now, when you believe that you're perfect in every way, even though you're sinning, you know what's going to happen? You're going to start to experience. It's going to flow out of you. It's the, bellies, the, the rivers of living water isn't just praying in tongues, guys. It's this from your very heart, you believe the right thing, that he loves you perfectly, and it produces life. We read it. It says, you know what? Even if these guys are smoking camel straights, when they believe they're perfectly loved, it heals their body. Much less eat gluten. Or whatever you eat. I don't know what you eat. The heart is everything to the kingdom. Okay? The whole message of the Bible is to get you to believe in your heart that he never keeps any record of wrong or forgiven. We're designed to live in unconditional love, then life freely flows. How many, how long was it? Amendment 37? Thank you, Father. Okay, all right. So, what is it? <laughs> hey, happy Mother's Day. It's really, it's, I know it's kind of weird because we're talking about the unconditional love of the Father, but hey, moms, 
Grandmas, he loves you perfectly. And you know, he loves all of us perfectly. So when we really just start to get that, all of a sudden we'll experience these rivers of living water just start to flow out of us. Because we're completely forgiven, we're completely righteous, we're completely whole. The days of you trying to become a Proverbs 31 woman are over. You, he, he made you one. He looks at you as the perfect spotless bride for the rest of his life. That good news? All right, so what do you need? You can just come boldly to the throne of grace. There's a living way to approach the Father now. You're the temple. I meet with you. Sin's been dealt with. You're completely forgiven and loved. Don't ever get any other teaching than that. And you're going to experience life, okay? Does that help you guys? Mm-hmm.